house of the Lord. I'm glad to be here with you. Amen. I'm so thankful to be able to come here today and to lift up the name of Jesus. I just want to invite you here today to just uh, just begin this day with a time of just lifting his name up high. God is worthy to be praised. Would you just sing along with us today? Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good.
Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Praise His name. You can be seated here this morning. I'm going to ask our ushers to come today. If we could just take up our Sunday school offering. This this offering does go to support our Sunday school ministries. And I'm so thankful for every teacher that we have scattered around this campus here this morning that is investing in the lives of our kids and our teens and all of, of those of all ages today. And thank you for believing in this ministry by giving in this offering today. So let's just bow our heads. We're going to ask the Lord to bless it and also just to meet us here today. Lord, we are so thankful, Lord, that we could come into this house. Lord, I pray that you would bless both the gift and the giver. Lord, be used for your kingdom, your glory. Lord, that you would meet us here today and that you would speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Say good morning, everyone. Welcome to New Life Apostolic Church. I think it is, it's just so good to be here today. And uh, it's so good to have you for this second session of our Life Talks. Um, just want to say we welcome you to, uh, to the sanctuary here this morning, here, here in the main sanctuary as well. If you are watching via YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Actually, I don't know how you're watching via Instagram, but I just threw that one in there. Uh, but live stream, uh, however it is, we want to welcome you. And uh, we're really looking forward to a great conversation, great service here today. Amen. You blessed by God? Anybody blessed by God here this morning? Amen. Well, last week we kicked off our Sunday morning with these live talks for the very first time, where it's a little bit more conversational. Rather than a typical Bible study, this would be just being conveyed from me to you. And we're continuing in that vein here today. It's, it's really, it's our hope that these spiritual conversations would challenge you to grow in your walk with God. Uh, would also just challenge you to have your own spiritual conversations with somebody across from a table. And it's my pleasure, uh, again, to have alongside me this morning my brother, my friends, my IU basketball fan who was at the game last night at Purdue where IU thumped on Purdue for the second time this season. Yeah, I made a lot of friends in the student section, so <laughs> luckily I, I control myself so I'd have a voice for today. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us this week for today's live talk. We're continuing in this series, this conversation on the pursuit of real love. And last week, we address this from this angle of falling in love with God. And there's a few things that, Josh, that you had said last week that really struck home with me. You were talking about how he loved me first. That God, he loved me first. That when I was entrenched in sin, he still loved me. That he loved me when nobody else loved me. He loved me when I didn't love myself. And his love, it's unfailing. And so I ought to reciprocate that love toward him. And and also, we you had talked about how love changes us, that when we are in love, we do things that we didn't used to do, or we, we do things that we, uh, or we don't do things that we used to do because love changes us. And then the fact that we spend time with the ones that we love, right? The, the people that we love, we spend time with them. And, and so we ought to spend time in his word, not, not just to read it, but to meditate on his word, to allow it to change us 
spend time in prayer, learn the sound of his voice. And this aspect of love, it's so critical for us to get a handle on that, this, this loving God, falling in love with God, because that's where it all starts. And Jesus, he called uh, that the greatest commandment. When he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all the heart, thy soul, mind, strength. Um, but then he added to that. He didn't stop there. He added, he said, the second is like unto it, that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Right? And according to Jesus, these are the two greatest commandments. That you would love God and you would love people. And so I, I, I think back to this young man who approached Jesus one day. And he, uh, he had repeated those commandments back to, back to Jesus. He had said, I know that I'm to love God and I'm to love love others uh, or to love my neighbor as myself. But who is my neighbor? He asked that question. That, that, that's a great question because sometimes it's the neighbors, the people that I choose to have in my life. Sure. But that's not always our neighbor. Yeah, sure. Um, is, scripture says that he asked this question, who is my neighbor? Because he was, he was trying to justify himself. In other words, he had some people that he thought in his mind probably didn't qualify as his neighbor, that they didn't deserve his love, and he was okay with that because they weren't his neighbors anyways. And so he asked Jesus, Jesus, can you define who it is that we are supposed to love? And Jesus gave him this answer. We're familiar with this, this story of the Good Samaritan. And I'll just, I'm just going to read this just real quick, this parable of the Good Samaritan. Jesus answering this man, this young man, he said that a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment. They wounded him and they departed, leaving him half dead. By chance, there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, he came, he looked on him and he passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. And he went to him, he bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and he set him on his own beast, he brought him to an inn, he took care of him, and on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence, and he gave them to the host, and he said to him, take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And of course, the answer was obvious. It was the Samaritan, the one who had come close enough to touch the man who was left half dead, the, the one who had come and bound up the wounds and, and took care of him, brought him to an end so that, and paid for his recovery, that the Samaritan was this man's neighbor. What I love about this, too, is he asked God a question, and he was hoping God would give an answer he wanted to hear, but God used the situation to speak to him, and he used the situation to reveal to him. He could have easily just said, everyone's your neighbor. But he was using this example to show the people that you think are below, those are the ones that, that I'm trying to draw your attention to. And I love that when we ask God for clarity in our lives, he loves us enough to actually take time to, to tell us. But that's also a warning. If you don't want an answer, don't ask God because he will answer you in a clear way. Sure, absolutely. I, I think that's it's so important to just recognize who this Samaritan was. Like you said, it's Jesus could have said just everybody. But... Of the Samaritan, him, him pointing out a Samaritan out of 
You know, this wouldn't have been so, so bad except that the Samaritans were one of those, the people, these categories of people that this young man asking the question liked the least. And these were difficult people to like. It wasn't, it wasn't just on their end of, like, of saying, you know, I, I don't like Samaritans. These, these were difficult people to like. They had a ton of baggage. They had, they had gone outside of the covenant that God had, you know, that they were supposed to be living in. Formerly were Jews. Now they are not really living as, as God had called them to. These are different kind of people. They, uh, they were hateful. They, they literally threw rocks at the Jews anytime that, that this young man would have walked through Samaria. These, these people would have been throwing rocks at him, spitting on him. And so these are difficult people to like. And, and they were, the, the truth is, there's some difficult people to love. There are difficult people out there for us to love. And yet here we have Jesus saying that the Samaritan was the neighbor, that he was the one even more so than the priest, even more so than the Levite. And, and this is what I want to talk about here today. This is what our conversation is going to be around is, is loving difficult people. And, and Josh, I, I don't want you to name any names, but have you ever encountered anybody who's difficult to love? I think everyone has, right? <laughs> if anyone in here has not met someone difficult to love, then you have a lot more compassion than I do. But. I, for sure. I, I mean, I think we all know people who are difficult to love. And not that I want to try to categorize categorize everyone and everything, but uh, I, I think there's, there's different reasons why people are difficult to love. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd say a lot of it has to do with personalities, right? There's certain personalities that just clash with ours. Uh, but sometimes it can go a lot deeper than that. Sometimes we can overcome personality differences if we really try. We can find some kind of common ground. And that, that that's always the easiest thing to do. But uh, we can learn to express love for people that have annoying little quirks and uh, do things a little bit different than we are. Um, but, but then there's those difficult people to love, right? My wife will never say that I have road rage. I have road rage. So if you cut me off and I almost swerve, I'm going to pop a tire because you cut me off. Guess what? It's really difficult for me to love you in that moment, right? There's people that, uh, that have betrayed my trust and that that makes it difficult to love. Um, you know, there's people that have got in, intertwined in our relationships, right? I've seen people, whether they're married or not, have relationships ruined because someone else was speaking into that relationship that shouldn't have. And it's really hard to, to, to love those people. And then there's the, 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 t- the tough topic of, or what about people that have abused you, whether it's physically, emotionally, or assaulted you? Like, it can go really, really deep of people that are really difficult to love. And hopefully it's, it's something a little bit deeper than that, and it's not just, oh, well, they, they have a different uh, color of skin than I do, right? I don't think that that's something that hopefully we struggle with, but it's, the reality is is race and nationality. Like, these are things that some people find it more difficult to love. I, it's really quiet in here, but sometimes we need to talk about these kind of things, right? Because sometimes we, we don't want to and we don't mean to, but there's just this pre- prejudice that we have against somebody the moment that we meet them. And uh, those kind of things can't exist in the church. Right. I, I know they exist in the world, but that, we have to be careful not to let that come into the church. Right. Absolutely. And, and I think, like, one of the things on there, too, like on the soapbox, is it's really love to, easy to love difficult people when they're in the building. But the hard part is, is when we see them on the outside, will we have that same opinion of them or will we prejudge them the moment we see them on the outside? So that, these are things that we kind of have to be able to get past. 
Um, but we need to, to learn how to spend time on our knees and learn how to pray and ask God to help us to love difficult people. Um, because if you can't love people, you can't win them to the Lord. It's as simple as that. It's really hard for me to go to and pray somebody at the altar if I, if I have something against them, right? And that's our, we should be able to support and love each other in all these things. So 1 John 4.20 says, If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And if he have given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. He just made it clear, if you can't love your brothers and sisters, then how, how can you love me? Because these are my children. These are the ones that I care about. You have to, have to get along, right? right. It says, uh, verse 16 says, uh, we know what real love is because Jesus gave his life up for us so that we also might be able to give it up, give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth so we will be confident when we stand before God. If we want to have a deeper relationship with God, if we really want to love God, we have to open up our hearts to love others. Yeah. And we can't just say that we love others because that's the easy thing to do sometimes. But God says you have to show me through your actions that you love them. Uh, Luke 6, 27 says... But to who? But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. That's the easiest scripture in the Bible, right? So easy. <laughs> That's my favorite one to read. It makes me feel so warm and cozy at night, right? Because he doesn't even say, you know, I just, I not only do I want you to love your enemies, but I want you to pray for them. Yeah. Right. And that's tough to do sometimes because we, we have to learn to put our trust in God. I remember there was a few years back uh, when I was working in retail, I had a district manager that I couldn't stand. I don't know why he had something against me, but he did. And anytime he'd come into town, he'd, he'd talk to me and he'd get on me, he'd micromanage me. And I was really struggling with it at the time because I knew God placed me where, where, I, where I was. Because this wasn't a job that I wanted to have, but I just had a piece about it. So finally I just prayed and I said, God, you put me here for a reason. And uh, I need you to do something about this. And God told me, you need to pray for him. I said, yeah, God, I'll easily pray for him. I'll pray that he gets what's coming to him. I'll pray that he gets fired. I'll pray that he finally gets shown for who he is. I mean, some of us are like that, right? We will, we'll pray. We'll pray all sorts of things. But we need to learn how to pray blessings on our enemies. Uh, Proverbs twenty four seventeen says, don't rejoice when your enemies fall. Don't be happy when they stumble. For the Lord will be displeased with you. And he will turn his anger away from them. God might be doing something where he's affecting their lives, but he says, if you get happy when your enemy's struggling, then you know what? I'm going to take my hand off them, and I'm going to put it on you. And I, I started to pray those blessings on him, and I pray, God, you know, whatever it is, let him find favor in your sight. Lord, give him peace, give him love, give him all these wonderful things. And wouldn't you know it, about two weeks later, he got headhunted by a company in, uh, in Georgia. And he got this big promotion, got a huge raise, and he was gone. And part of me was like, well, well, God, like, why did he get all these good things? He says, no, you just prayed blessings upon him, and you, you prayed for me to bless your life, and this is how I'm going to do it. So it, it, it's hard to do that sometimes, but when we learn to truly love people and play, pray blessings on them, God's going to bless you too. Because my life at work was so much easier. I was able to, to get promoted quicker. There was blessings that came my way because I was able to pray, play, 
pray blessings on someone else. Yeah. yeah. Amen. I think here's the truth about loving difficult people is that we, we don't have to feel like doing it in order to do it. Yeah. You don't have to feel like doing the right thing in order to do the right thing. You just have to decide to love people who are hard to love. You have to decide that even when the feeling of love is not present, that I'm going to love anyways. Even when, it, even when the emotion is, isn't there, I'm going to express love towards somebody. That love is not an emotion. Love is an action. I think that's and, the definition of difficult people, right? Because if it was just easy for you to love and you got to choose it, then it wouldn't be a difficult thing. But we grow through difficult situations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, so why do we do it? I mean, why, why do I decide to love them when I don't feel like it? Why do I decide to, to make that choice that's not an easy choice? And, you know, in, in the case of it being a brother or a sister in Christ, uh, which even in that context, you can have difficult people to love. Um, but in that case, we have John. He writes in 1 John chapter 4. He says, if someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person's a liar. Because if we don't love people that we can see, Josh already he already read this, the scripture. But if we already love, if we don't love people that we can see, then how can we love God who we can't see? He's given us this command: love others. We must love our fellow Christian brothers and sisters, and so we need to be purposeful about loving others. This is a a commandment from God: love others. It's a decision that we make. Even even your Christian brothers or sisters, they can get on your nerve at times. But you could practice loving them. Practice loving them. And as we practice loving people on purpose, we develop this habit of loving others. Yeah. Those who have, have practiced love and developed this habit of loving, uh, loving even when it's hard, they're eventually going to fall back on love. That's eventually going to be your default. It takes some time to get there, right? It's a muscle memory at that point, right? There's a lot of things that we don't want to do, but if we do it long enough, then it helps give us strength, and it's just second nature. And I love the fact that you kept emphasizing this is a commandment. This isn't something that says God saying, hey, if you want to make it to the next level, then you need to do this. No, this is a basic commandment that he's giving us to, is to, to love everyone. Right, right. But and if you don't make a priority of it, if you don't make a priority of loving others, even difficult people, then you're going to find that love is not going to be your default behavior. You have to make a priority of this. When it's not easy, I'm going to love. When it's not easy, I'm still going to extend mercy. I'm still going to extend grace. I'm still going to love them. And it can't be fake love. It has to be genuine. It has to be real. Paul wrote about this when he was writing to the Romans. He said, this is in Romans chapter 12. He said, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. So he's not saying love the things that they do. If, if it's somebody who is, who is off and they're, they're doing some wild things, some crazy things, you don't have to love the things that they do, but you are commanded to really love them. Love each other with genuine effect, affection. Take delight in honoring each other. Go down to verse 14. He says, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. 
Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think that you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. It says, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say that I, that I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. And then he finishes, finishes this up. He says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. This is the Christian response to loving difficult people. And I have to say that the first step in loving people is to pray for ourselves to have a godly attitude. And that is sometimes the hardest step is, is praying, God, help change my attitude. Help, help make me someone that, that, that's able to give off love and to be able to, to love others. If you look at Philippians uh, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit, are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing, agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others, but be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. If we love God and we want to to be pleasing in his eyes, then we've got to learn to love others. We've got to learn to, to work together, right? What I love about the scripture is it doesn't say that you need to go find people that you like and people that you agree with, and that's your, your group, and you, you work with them. But he says you need to work wholeheartedly with everybody. We need to do this together because sometimes God is going to call people into our lives to use them in ministry that we don't like. Sure. Sure. And, and there's people... Right. I, in my life that I've worked hand in hand in a ministry, I'm like, God, why did you give them this burden? Because their burden and my burden, yes, we, we have a burden for the lost together, but man, I don't like this person. I don't like communicating with this person. We have to wholeheartedly think that, you know what? This is more important. What God's called right. me to do is more important. We need to right. learn to work together. We need to, to do that. And so step one is we need to learn to humble ourselves. Yeah. And we need to realize that, you know what? I don't have all the answers and I'm not the one in charge. God is. Yeah. So I'm going to love right. whoever he puts in my path because he put him there for a reason. Right. He brought him into my life for a reason. And that's how we put on that same attitude that Jesus has when we humble ourselves. Right. That's that, that, that attitude of humility is, is putting on that godly attitude. That's praying, even for myself, God, today, help me to, have, help me to walk in humility. God, help me to, to not think more highly of myself than I ought to. Um, Paul, Paul, he teaches us... Um, that believers, that we should put on love. It's in Colossians 3.14. He says, put on love. What, is, what does that mean when I put on love? How do, how do you put on love? I believe that the best way that we can, uh, that I could make this, um, this depiction of, of putting on love is, is just by simply being purposeful about loving others. 
loving people on purpose. Rather than, rather than waiting to feel like doing it, I'm going to put it on. Here's the thing. This morning, I, uh, I was getting ready for church, went into my, uh, into my closet, opened it up. I found some, some clothes that I was going to put on today. And those clothes, I don't know if, if it was just my closet or maybe your closet's different, but my clothes didn't jump off the hanger and come on to me. I'm just happy if my clothes fit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had to put them on. I had to take them off the hanger and I had to put them on. I had to button the buttons. I had, I had to do all this. I, I had to do the work. I had to take that off and put it on. It was, it was purposeful on my part. And here's the thing. We all look good in love. Every one of us looks good in love. So let's put it on and let's keep it on. Let's, let's take off some attitudes that don't look good on you as a believer in Jesus Christ and let's put on love. That's that's what putting on love is, is, is being purposeful about it. It's, it. It takes some work. It takes us going against what we might feel towards somebody else. And instead saying, I'm going to be purposeful about loving you. And not in a way that is like trying to, um, trying to get back at you or trying to like get under your skin. Uh, you know, through, through like loving you in a fake way. No, I'm really genuinely going to love you. But I have to work at that. I have to put it on. And when you put on love for the first time, sometimes it's not comfortable. Sometimes it takes a little bit of getting used to. You have to, you have to, you have to wear it long enough to, to break it in a little bit, right? Anyone ever have a, a nice pair of shoes and the first time you, you wear them, your, your shoes, your feet just want to bleed, right? And you're angry. But most of the time, if my wife has shoes that hurt, if they're pretty enough, she's going to wear them again. And it's worth the sacrifice, Right. Because it doesn't matter, this might not be as comfortable, but I know this is something that I want to achieve. And I think that when we talk about, you know, don't be fake in love, sometimes when we're learning to love people, it feels like we're being fake. But it's not. It's, it's, it's saying, God, I'm making an effort. I'm trying. And the enemy can come in and say, you know, you're not being genuine with your love because you really don't love him yet. I don't. But you know what? I'm going to keep praying that God's going to, he's going to put right. that love in me. And I'm right. going to show him the love that God has for him. Even if that love, I don't have for him yet. I know God does. Right. And I'm going to put that on. I'm going to practice it. Right. right. I know we talked about this a little bit last week. But if you go to Mark uh, chapter 1230, there's that verse. And it says that, uh, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And the second is equally important that you love your neighbor as yourself. For no other commandment is greater than these. And pastor, there's some days that I don't love myself. If we're just being 100% honest. We did uh, Connect classes in the fall, and one of the books that we read was on boundaries. And we talked a lot about people that are hard to love, people that manipulate you, people that have hurt you, people that have done these things. And one of the takeaways I got from this book was, is I can't learn to draw a boundary, and I can't learn to protect myself against those things until I learn to love myself, until I learn to appreciate myself. And I think that, that that's step one, is we can't love anyone unless we love ourselves. And if that means we have to take time to pray and say, God, you know what? Let me see you through your eyes. That's my favorite prayer to pray for people a lot of times is, is when you're going through something difficult is, God, will you just let them see what you see in them? Because sometimes we're so critical on ourselves and it's so hard for us to love ourselves so that we're not open ourselves up to love. 
And we're that difficult person to love then because we're not opening up ourselves to that love. But so that's the, that, that's the hard part is, is, is that God says, you know, um, I want you to, to love them as you love yourselves. Well, that gives me a little bit of wiggle room because guess what? I don't love myself, so I don't have to love my neighbor. Like that's my, that's my logic. And that's the, Hey, Hey, God, I found a loophole, right? And don't act like I'm the only one that's read the Bible looking for loopholes. I know we've all done it. But God makes it real clear. You go to uh, John 13, 34, and he says, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciple. Love one another as God has loved you. We already established that God's love is unconditional. So when he says, I want you to love others as I have loved you, God loves me unconditionally. That means I have to love my brother, my sister, unconditionally. And that's the hard part, right? He, he, he doesn't say just love your neighbor as you love yourself. He says, no, I need you to love them with the same kind of love that I have. Because you know what? When you love people with the love that I have, that's when people are going to know that you're a believer. Then that's what's going to make you a disciple. And a disciple is someone that's bringing in others to God, right? He says, you can't do that without love. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. We can, we can love someone and still not like being around them. Yes. Yes, you can. And, I mean, don't forget, love is not necessarily having loving feelings. It's a decision that you make. Mm-hmm. It's a decision to treat people as God instructs us to treat them. That's, that's what real love is. And when you read about loving everyone unconditionally... You, you may feel that there's, there's certain people that you simply cannot love. You, you listed some individuals. Um, you know, it's one thing if it's, if it's an attitude or if it's a, a personality. And, and even that, it can be really difficult. It can be really difficult to, to love somebody who's, who's very abrasive or somebody who is just not fun to be around. And, um, and you know, there's, there's that difficulty there. But, I mean, when you get deeper... Uh, and, and it's somebody who uh, harmed you in some way, somebody who abused you. The fact is, this isn't a, they're, not a, they're not disqualified from what Jesus has asked us to do. That's not the exemption. Loving them doesn't accept what they did is okay either. Right. Because what they did was still abusive. Yes. And what they did was still wrong. And loving them doesn't say that, that it was okay. Loving them doesn't, doesn't say that what they did didn't change you and affect you or, or, or change somebody else, you know, in, in some way. Loving, you, you, can, you can love others and still say, I'm going to set some boundaries. You were just talking about that boundaries book, and I know uh, within that book, they talk about the fact of dealing with difficult people or, or loving difficult people. And still being able to set a boundary. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily become part of your life from then on out. But you can pray for them. You, you pray, for, pray for these people. Pray for them. Don't speak unkindly about them. Help them if they need help. But always remember that you have a right to a safe relationship. 100%. So, we're, so that is, you know... That is the that is still there. That that God is not calling you into an unsafe place. God's not calling you in 
you know, to, to stay in a, in a relationship where there's harm being done. God's not calling you to stay in a relationship where there's abuse or, or you know, trauma that is, that is happening there. But, but loving, but we are called to love. So there, there are boundaries that can be set. And you can, you at times need to remove yourself from, from individuals. And, and there's, you know, maybe even from, from this day forward, you know, I'm, I'm going to set a boundary because, because I can't be in your presence. But that doesn't mean that I hate you. That means, I, that means that in order to, for me to love you, in order for me to love you, I need some distance. And loving from afar is still loving. I think that that's one of the biggest misconceptions is, is that we love people and they have to be intertwined in everything in our lives. No, I can, I can love you and, and not talk to you, but the difference is, is I don't have that, that anger and that hate in me anymore. There's just love. Right. But there's, so, so in saying all of this, I still believe in reconciliation. I yes. still believe that God, through this, that we, when we truly love, when we truly are going, uh, you know, leaning into love, that it's, it, it's demanding of us. It will demand things of us that we are not comfortable with. Yes. It will demand you to forgive somebody who you say there is no way that they are worthy of forgiveness. There's no way that I could forgive them. But what forgiveness does is it sets you free. Amen. You will live in a, in a prison, a bondage, if you, can, if you do not forgive. So loving others... It's, it, it's demanding. It requires us to do things that we may not co- be comfortable with doing. But it is what God has called us to do. And it's, it's so, it, this, isn't, this isn't about being religious. No. This isn't about, you know, just, just, you know, I'm loving you so that you would come to Christ. No, I'm loving you because that's, that's what Christ has called me to do. He has called, God is a God of love. And if God loved me when I was still in sin, then I better love you as well. And we're getting a little off, off base of our nose, but I, I love this. And one thing that God's dealt with me a lot about is we've talked about it's a muscle. You've got to practice and you've got to try it. It's okay if it takes a little bit to forgive somebody. Like, that's all right. Because sometimes what I hate seeing is people come to God and they think, oh, well, I need to forgive them. So that means I can just push past that. No, sometimes you have to work through some trauma. Sometimes you need to find someone, whether it's a counselor, whether it's a pastor or someone close, and you need to get through things, and you need to be able to heal. And through that process, it's a choice that you have to get up every single day and say, you know what, God, help me to get past this. Help me to love this person. Help me to learn how to forgive this person, because it's not going to be automatic. And I think that that's the thing that, that we struggle with so many times, is we think if I come to an altar and I give it to God, then in a moment, it, it's gone. And you know what? That can happen. But there's sometimes that it's trauma that we've experienced, and God just can't take it away from it in a, in a moment. Right. Because we've got to go through back through it again. If we're going to learn to love them, then we've got to, to, to forgive them. And truly forgive them is, is showing compassion to someone that doesn't deserve it. And this is tough. This is hard. And I'm not saying that this is an easy thing to do. There are people in my life to this day where if you say their name, something triggers in me. And when it happens, my, my response better be, God, let me love them. Yeah. God, right. Help me get past this. If there's something that I need to heal over this, then God, take me through that healing process. Because I can't change them, but I can change my heart. And I can change how I feel about them. And God, I know that you're bigger than this situation. And through your love for me, I can learn to love and to forgive. I think that's, that's such a good indicator for us. 
questions on whether or not we have truly forgiven somebody is when when their name is brought up or when you know it's a possibility we, we have to be around them or, or with them what is is there something that triggers in us that's like what's what's the response what's what's our response to that and if we are if we feel that like anxiety or we feel that like our heart starting to beat faster because oh, that that person I can't I can't do this um that is, that's an indication that we still have some practice left to do in loving. Some practice left in loving others. And, and I want to, as you just said, I, I want to lean into that right in that moment and say, God, help me to love. God, help me to love. God, I, I, need, to, I need to lean on your love right now. And that's, that's often what we need to do. Lean on the love that comes from Christ. Lean on him. Don't, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own emotions or your own feelings. Uh, but when it's, when it's a difficult person to love, when it's somebody who, is, who's very, uh, who's, who has hurt you in some way, uh, lean on Christ's love. Lean on Him in that moment. And, and it, can, it, it will bleed in, into you. you. You can put on His identity. Put on Christ in that. And, and there will come a day when, when that forgiveness is complete. When that person's name is mentioned and you don't feel those, those same feelings that you felt. It's not, it's not as raw. It's not as, it, you don't feel the hurt the way that you felt it before because you've forgiven. And, be, and because at that point, you have, you have learned to, uh, to put on the love of Christ and the attitude of Christ in, in all things and in in, in dealing with all people. I think a, a good reason why we're dealing with this right now is because I felt it in my spirit that there are mission fields that God has tried to open us up to, and there are things that God has wanted us to do, but we're not ready to love yet. And so we don't want to confront it. We don't want to face it. We don't want to have to go through it. So we just say, God, let me focus on something else. And we need to get to the point where we say, God, I love you enough that whatever you have for me, I'm going to trust that you're going to get me through it. And it could be a process and it could be a tough time. And that's all right. That's okay. And you know what? I'll be the first to admit there's been times where God's been dealing with me about someone and, and, and loving them that I just get mad and I yell at God. But God, you're blessing them and I'm going through a struggle. This isn't fair. It's okay to have that conversation with God. It's okay to be real with God because you know what? I don't have to understand it, God, but what I have to do is I have to have you take this from me. I have to help you grow me. I have to be able to let this love manifest. And on the flip side, is it's so easy to talk about, oh, well, it's hard to love difficult people. Some of us are the difficult people. Right? <laughs> Bill's got his hand raised. <laughs> I love Bill to death. He is not a difficult person to love. Uh, but no, and, and it's because we've gone through past hurt, past trauma, past things. And we've got these giant walls built up. So when someone's trying to come, they're trying to show us love. And they're, they're trying to be used of God because God is using them. We don't let them in. And we push them away. And we're like, no, this is where I want to be. This is my comfort zone. And, and God, why are you bringing people and trying to do these things to me? Because I'm not ready for it yet. If God's bringing them to you and he's trying to tear down some walls, then God thinks you're ready for it. Can we just trust God enough to say, you know what, God, I'm going to love you. And, and I, might, I might not think I'm ready for it. and I might not be ready to do this myself. But God, I'm going to believe that if you're sending someone my way to show me love, I can accept that love. We need to learn how to, 
how to love people, but I think part of it too is, man, we just need to learn how to receive love. Because that's the toughest part is, is sometimes, yeah, I might be able to forgive myself, but I'm not, I don't want other people to love me yet because if they get to know me, I'm only going to disappoint them. If they get to know me and they get to see the flaws that I have, then, then they're going to, they're going to be ashamed that they knew me and they're going to run away. No, we're all supposed to love each other the way that God loves us, right? Right. Let, let, let people love you. Let people do things for you. I love, uh, Sister Eve, I, I, I love that woman so much. And towards the end of her life, one of the hardest things was, was we would try to do things for her, and she would, didn't want, no, I, I, my job is to do for other people. My job is to, to be a blessing for others. And you try to bless her, and no, she didn't, no, I, I don't know how to receive this. It's important that we learn how to receive love from others as well. Because we might not think we're a difficult person, but sometimes we are. Because we're not allowing ourselves to be loved. And it's just as important to allow ourselves to be loved, to show love as well. I know we have our, our kids that are beginning to make their way back in here, but could we just all stand in this place? And I just want to, I just want to close this just in a time of prayer. I feel, I feel that, that heart of, of somebody here today who you have somebody in your mind. You have somebody in your mind, you know, it's, it's coming across your mind during this conversation. And if we could, if we could just be, just lift them up right now. And I just want to practice that that aspect of loving and praying for those who we may not classify them as an enemy, but they're difficult to love. And maybe it's you today, and you say, "I, God, I, I don't even love myself." Could you just be just lift up a hand right now, Jesus? I pray, Lord, that in this place, Lord, that we would find God in our hearts, God, a. A, a desire, God, to become more like you. God, you loved us when we were sinners. God, you loved us, Lord, when we were messed up, when we were broken. God, you loved us when we were unlovable. God, I pray that you would just help me right now. Lord, that you would put something in me, Lord, so that I would, uh, so that I would lean into this love. God, help me today, Lord, to, to lean on your strength right now. God, I pray that right now, Lord, that you would begin, Lord, to mend relationships. Lord, that you would repair, God, some brokenness in families. Lord, I pray that right now, Lord, in this place, Lord, that we would be the agents, God, of change. God, that we would be the ones who would start, Lord, on a journey of loving others well. 